NPR. Usually, when there's a war in the Middle East, oil prices shoot up. But that's not what's happening right now with the Israel-Hamas war. Prices are now back down below the point they were before these events started. Richard Bronze is the head of geopolitics at the consultancy Energy Aspects. And it's counterintuitive given as the Middle East is such an important region for oil production for most of the rest of the world. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Waylon Wong. And I'm Darian Woods. Today on the show, in a time of seismic upheaval in the Middle East, why are oil prices falling? We take you through the region's history, geography and markets to explain. This message comes from NPR sponsor E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, their tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Now when you open an account, you can get up to $1,000 with a qualifying deposit. Terms apply. Learn more at etrade.com slash NPR. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC. Member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Babson College. Discover Babson College's Master of Science and Management in Entrepreneurial Leadership Program, an intensive nine-month journey that equips recent college graduates with practical skills for today's dynamic business landscape. Tackle real-world challenges and emerge with a problem-solving mindset. Whether you choose to start your own business or innovate within a corporation, a master's from Babson will help launch your career forward. Apply today at babson.edu slash msleader. The Hamas attacks in Israel on October 7th were 50 years almost to the day from the Yom Kippur War when Syria and Egypt attacked Israel. Surprise attacks came early this morning in the air and on the ground. The and it's that war that led to enormous repercussions throughout the global economy. So when we think about the wider economic shocks from today's war, it's tempting to look back at what happened then. The Yom Kippur War was a conflict between Arab states and Israel over territory that Israel seized during an earlier conflict known as the Six-Day War. And in response to countries that supported Israel, Saudi Arabia and other Arab states declared an oil embargo. The oil-producing countries of the Middle East took a far-reaching step today. They decided to make oil a political weapon. That meant they restricted exports to countries like the U.S. and lowered oil production significantly. Less supply meant much higher oil prices. The problem is the energy crisis, and industry leaders are wondering where will the gasoline come from? Yet this time, Arab and Gulf states haven't imposed an oil embargo. A place they could push for one is in OPEC or OPEC Plus meetings, scheduled for this Thursday. OPEC Plus stands for the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries and its Allies, and the biggest producers are Saudi Arabia and Russia. This is a body that regularly agrees to production restrictions for its members, though most of the time this is for financial and not political reasons. And the oil market is fairly calm at the moment. In fact, the price of oil has dropped a little since October 7th. The day before the Hamas attacks in Israel, the price of Brent crude oil was $83 a barrel. And prices did blip up initially, but this week the price opened lower at $80 a barrel. 
Making sense of this is Richard Bronze. Richard is an expert on how geopolitics affects oil markets. And to kind of set the table on our oil market analysis, he says 2023 is actually very different to 1973. I think it's extremely unlikely we get anything on the scale of the 1970s oil embargoes. We have seen Iran making some calls for an oil embargo, but that hasn't been picked up by other Middle Eastern producers or other members of OPEC more widely, and I don't think it will be. Richard says there were other factors going on back in the 1970s, like Middle Eastern countries trying to wrest back control of their own oil fields after decades of Western companies owning them. Also, Western countries like the U.S. were much more dependent on Middle Eastern oil for their economies in ways that are not so acute today. Fracking, for example, means a lot of oil production happens here in the U.S. Plus, we now rely on more alternative sources of energy. So that's Richard's analysis of the lower risks of a 1970s-style oil embargo. But what about just general disruptions and chaos in the Middle East? Doesn't this always translate into higher oil prices? Richard's first reason why oil prices have fallen starts with a geography lesson. Whilst the region is one that's absolutely critical for global oil and energy supplies, The tragic situation we've seen unfolding hasn't yet created any direct disruptions to those oil supplies. Right. Israel and Gaza are not major oil producers. Exactly. Um, They're surrounded by a lot of very important oil producers and a lot of the world's oil moves through places like the Strait of Hormuz off the coast of Iran uh, through the Suez Canal. So there's lots of ways you can be worried about the potential for spillover to disrupt oil supply, but we haven't seen it yet. And that brings us to the second reason for lower oil prices, which is that oil traders don't seem to think there will be a regional war spilling outside the borders of Israel and Gaza. Some of the early concerns that might happen have diminished. Traders have been looking very closely at, you know, the comments by the leaders of Hezbollah, the comments uh, and actions by various Iran-aligned militia groups across the region, and trying to assess and price in the the risks and the probability of an escalation that becomes directly relevant to oil supply. The third reason is supply and demand. Oil supply, Richard says, is sufficient for now. Despite cuts and limitations put on by the OPEC Plus group, is actually uh, likely to be adequate next year. So there isn't that fear of a supply disruption translating into shortages. And as economic growth splutters in countries like Germany and China, demand for oil is fairly subdued. And so to recap, the oil market sees the Israel-Hamas war as a conflict contained inside a narrow area not important for global oil supply. Meanwhile, supply and demand seem to be in balance around the world. This then raises a question of whether the oil market is telling us something maybe a little encouraging about the future. Do these numbers from the oil market give you some comfort about lower probability of a bigger regional war? I think it would be simplistic to just look at oil price movements and infer uh, how global events will unfold. But it's true to say that the market has a lot of traders and participants with deep expertise and it's often one of the first places that the warning signs can show up in a tangible sense. Um, It may be that markets are becoming a little too relaxed about the risks. And so 
the oil market might be moving very quickly to an assumption that because we haven't seen an escalation or a spread of the fighting yet, that it probably won't happen. But I don't think we should take that as a guarantee just yet. In other words, oil traders might be poring over political statements and scenarios, but just like the rest of us, they don't have a crystal ball into how this terrible war might unfold. This episode was produced by Willa Rubin with engineering by Patrick Murray. It was fact-checked by Sierra Juarez. Kate Cannon edits the show. The Indicator is a production of NPR. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we have very important people on our show and then ask them about very unimportant things. Here's U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Uh, We are also reliably informed that among your enthusiasms, in addition to macroeconomic policy, is mobile games. Uh, There is some truth in that. There's some truth in that. Join us for the NPR podcast that considers all the other things. That's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. This message comes from NPR sponsor, American Express. Take your business further with the smart and flexible Amex Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits that help unlock more value from your business purchases. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR.